Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Mel. Hey, Taylor. I have a joke for you. Please. As in, good, please give it to me. It's, it's not a question, though, so don't answer. Oh, okay. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Outside of a dog... A book is man's best friend. <laughs> Have I missed something? No, you're still going. Okay, okay. Punch okay. Line, line. <laughs> Inside of a dog, it's <laughs> it's too dark to read. <laughs> bark, bark, bark. Hello. That's it. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> cool, thanks, thanks for, for listening. <laughs> Hi, and welcome back. Thank you for tuning in today. Yay. Thanks oh, for being here. I'm Mel. <laughs> I'm Taylor. We've we done that for a while. We do it like once every four time. to make sure you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the podcast where we talk about dogs and laugh and cry. <laughs> Usually we just cry because we're laughing. Yeah. We don't ever cry because anything's sad. Although, Although you sometimes do, it's yeah, sad. you I do come like up with some ones. sad stories. Yeah. I I make them up. Speaking of sad stories, oh no, I have a slightly sad story, but mostly awesome story. Okay, I'm down for a mostly awesome story. Have you heard of the name Martin McKenna? I've heard of Martin. I've heard of McKenna, not Martin McKenna. <laughs> Good, because do I have a Martin McKenna for you? <laughs> Give him to me. So shout out to Jess Moore, <laughs> who. Uh, turned me on to this guy. Uh, Martin McKenna was a not was he's still around. Martin McKenna is from Nimbin McKenna <laughs> in Ireland. I do have Ireland. a thing with Ireland, don't I? I do. My Irish boys. <laughs> Martin fled his family home when he was quite young. Are we talking about a human? Yeah, I'm just checking. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, fled his family home to. Escape abuse. So sad. Sad times. But you know what happened? He was adopted by a pack of dogs. He is a dog boy man. Hello, please be more impressed. <laughs> I'm just perplexed. Just, just speechless. I'm just utterly perplexed. So Martin McKenna. I didn't know you could just do that. Can I, you just I mean, do that? I thought Why aren't we doing that? A thing in stories. Like Tarzan. But dog man. We have too many dogmans. No more dogmans. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, so born in Ireland, McKenna escaped his life of a family escaped <laughs> I can't English. He escaped. <laughs> escaped a life of family violence by running away and living in an abandoned barn for several years with a pack of stray dogs. And they raised him or they were just there? I mean, he grew up as part of the pack. So much so that he understands dog language. Uh, so okay. not like bork bork i can translate this into hello and welcome to the podcast <laughs> very accurate by the way <laughs> um he understands dog body language uh the 
Wow, I really don't have words today. Um, the, uh, what it's like to be at different status levels in the pack, how you should be treating your dog, how to communicate with your dog, etc. That kind of thing. Hmm. And he, although he still claims to be quite illiterate, <laughs> um, yep. he has penned three books. One, a memoir, which lots of people are asking about. Uh, it's called The Boy Who Talked to Dogs by Martin McKenna. Expositional. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, a memoir to tell his full life story, as a memoir is. Um, and he says, when you go back to try to make sense of it, you have to honestly look at your life and ask, do we go back to the past and make tears or go back and make laughter? I chose laughter. <sighs> Inspirational. But anyway, wow. this is a dog podcast. I was <laughs> not ready for that. So in, I want to say 2007, but I might be wrong. I was going to tell you that about this book that he wrote, but what's better is he has a blog spot, blog, called The Dreadlock Dog Man. Does he have dreadlocks? He has dreadlocks. He is the Dreadlock Dog Man. Check out uh, ABC because they interview the Dreadlock Dog Man uh, and it's just really excellent. Check out the show notes. Oh, he's Australian. No. No. He's known in Australia as Dog Man. Yeah, Dreadlock Dog Man. He had an interview with uh, Richard. Yeah, Richard. Richard Fiddler of the ABC. But anyway, he has this great blog, this old blog from 2007 uh, where he details some of the things he learned living in this pack of dogs. His, his bio photo is just him on a single armchair just surrounded by his doggos with his dreadlocks. Yes. And I love that. Excellent. He says, my name is Martin McKenna and I'm also known as the dreadlock dog man because every day, everywhere I go, I teach humans how to really communicate with their dogs. <laughs> as you can see in my photo, I have a full head of dreadlocks, so I'm not hard to recognize. Thanks, buddy. Except that when you Google him, two different dudes come up and one has dreadlocks and the other one doesn't. Well, it's got to be the one with the with dreadlocks. dreadlocks. I mean, he's easy to recognize, but not easy to find, dog man. Oh, no. Well, I guess as a dog man, you you're don't not. need to be found. Yeah. Yeah. He's just with the dogs. Yeah. So, yes, he <laughs> wrote The Boy Who Talked to Dogs. Uh, sorry, I just got distracted by more photos of dogs. He has illustrations oh, in his Something books. new and different. <laughs> He has illustrations in his books and one of them is his dreadlocked head on a dog body, which is just like so bizarre. Um, But this is what he says. Dog language really is an international language since it's the one language used by every single dog on the planet. (laughs) He's not wrong. Uh, As he said in 2007, if you keep visiting this blog site, you'll soon become fluent in dog language. Also check out his three books. Wowie. But... I wanted to just very briefly give you one of his tips uh, about communicating to your dog. So he gives us, try really talking to your dog today. Maybe you're sitting in a chair and your dog keeps demanding your attention. I know Poppy does this. My mom has a home office Mm. and she sits in the home office doing important businessy things. And Poppy will come in and just like bump her with her snout. Not to go outside to pee. Need attention, please. Yeah just been on like a two-hour walk but she comes and she just like bumps like a like a go-kart just like or like a video game character that can't walk get through out a wall, wall. Yeah. yeah so they're just like bumping it's very cute 
uh, or you're on a phone call or something important. For some reason, you can't give your dog attention. It's really hard for me to understand why you would not give your dog attention. But mm. like, you There's know, very few situations. Busy life stuff. To say, leave me alone now in dog language, do this. Say nothing. Instead, turn your head away from the dog and lift your chin a little. Cross your arms. Look serious about what you want. Taylor's executing the pose perfectly. 10 out of 10. The judges are crying. I don't know if I look serious. <laughs> serious enough, especially <laughs> with like the chin kind of wrinkling thing. Yep, good. This is a podcast. You can't see what's going on. <laughs> He goes on to say, hold this position until your dog goes and leaves you alone. Totally ignore it. If you give a clear... But I'm busy. If I'm on the phone... <laughs> you just have to take a moment. really hard. <laughs> if you give a clear, firm signal, your dog will go and lie down and maybe even sigh. But don't worry, it's not sulking. <laughs> I nearly did a spit take. <laughs> My sigh. <gasps> I'm so sad. But he does have a whole other blog on your dog is not sulking. All of his... Blogs are written in all of his titles have full caps. <laughs> Your dog is not sulking. Your dog is not sulking. <laughs> Thanks, dog man. Anyway, continuing. It's responding to your clear signals when it goes and lies down once you've ignored your dog. It's responding to your clear signals and doing the polite thing in the dog world. So that's just how it communicates. Cool. I got your message. However, if you send your dog away and then start staring at it or talking to it, which is what I do, I'm like, Poppy. Leave Go me away. alone, and then buddy. Like, I'm sorry. And like, I love you. I'll, like, I'll come and play with you in like five minutes. Just like, hang on. Uh, apparently, in the dog world, you're saying, come here and interact with me now by giving it giving attention. Them attention. That again. makes sense. Yeah. It's like children. Yeah. Maybe I'll try this one. <laughs> the part. <pose>. On children. <laughs> and he says, as you can see, it's quite easy for us humans to send mixed messages to dogs. Also to other humans. Communication is key. That, that, that last thing was a me thing. If your dog keeps pestering you, see my next post on this blog. ASMR communication. See his next post. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't I commit. I really like ASMR. I'm sorry about it. <laughs> uh, check out this guy's blog. It's really endearing to read a blog it's from 2007. And he <laughs> is really. <laughs> also, his work with dogs and teaching humans how to communicate with dogs is really cool. Check out the ABC interview. It's really interesting. I would love to have him on the podcast, but. You know, from Snar. Hey, Martin What's McKenna. <laughs> Martin McKenna. Socials. Um, if you and Oprah are the hanging out, just give yeah. us a call. <laughs> Will you get you both done in the same episode? We don't mind. That'd be great. We can we can do Efficient. it. Efficient. Yep. Star studded. So that's my story the for dog today. Man and Oprah. Yeah, the probably dog building <laughs> on a dog podcast. It's a great sitcom idea. <laughs> the dog man and Oprah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> So that's my story for today. I thought he was super interesting. I love to see a passionate doggy man. And also the fact that he was raised by dogs is so quickly skimmed over in all of these articles that I think it's worth mentioning the book so that you can just read about how this man lived with dogs as a young boy. Bizarre. Yeah, Martin McKenna, everyone. Thank you, Jess Moore, well for giving me Thanks, that Jess. topic to talk about. Preach. Yate. A preach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want to guess my dog breed? Oh, yes, please. Oh, I, Are you gonna- I should give you a clue. <laughs> should I tell you what it is? Yeah. What, are, what am I going to do? Go. <laughs> um, it's very small. Ooh. Chihuahua. Sorry, continue. Mel, you can't just guess it on the first try. <gasps> are you serious? Yeah. No, I'll pretend I didn't. Continue. Oh, 
I'm terrible at this game and you're really good and you're making me feel insignificant. Oh, oh no. I'm sorry. I really appreciate you, Taylor, Don't and all sigh. that you do. <sighs> oh, no. I'm not sulking. I just need to sigh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, you nailed it. <laughs> I did say very small. I debated whether to say very small or small, but I thought I'd be kind and give you very small. Chihuahua. Yay, Chihuahua. So Chihuahua, or if you're a 10-year-old tailor and you read it and you're trying to figure it out, it's Chihuahua. <laughs> which kind of sounds like Chihuahua. Yeah. Which is a great name for a Chihuahua. So let me tell you. Please. The true origins and history of the Chihuahua have long been shrouded in mystery. Oh, really? Mm, I don't know why I said that with a lisp, but there you go. It can be hard to sort through what is actually fact and sometimes fanciful speculation. Oh. Rich with it. This is a really. It makes them sound like aliens. Yeah, it's really. This one's a very like. Fanciful. Yeah. Fanciful. <laughs> anyway. Dates back to pre-Columbian Mexico and is the oldest breed in the Americas. Americas. Not right. like USA. Yeah. Americas. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Chihuahuas are believed to descend either from the Tachichi, <laughs> mute companions to the Toltecs, or from small Chinese dogs brought to the Americas by the Conquistadors. Oh. It is also possible that both theories are accurate and the Chihuahua is a mix. <laughs> Probably won't know. Isn't it weird to think that dogs are like meant to be descended from wolves and then you get like the Chihuahua? Yeah. I think some dogs are descended from wolves, just probably not Chihuahuas. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> Um, Christopher Columbus refers to the tiny dog in the letter to the King of Spain. Oh. So with like the Chihuahua's main home was Mexico, mm-hmm. but the breed's immigration to Europe might have been Columbus. Huh, weird. Um, genetic testing suggests that the modern dog as we know it originates with other modern breeds around the 1800s. Um, this tiny dog was found along the borders between Mexico and Arizona, in particular the then capital, Chihuahua. Ah, so that's how I was to ask name. where the name yeah. came from. Um, Chihuahuas were huh. first introduced to Australia in 1955. Ah, so about fairly the recently. same time that TV came into Australia, fun fact. That's the year my dad was born. Whoa. Yep. <laughs> dad and Chihuahuas. <laughs> it was a big year, 1955. <laughs> Shout out to Taylor's dad. Shout out to my dad, <laughs> who definitely doesn't know this exists, but that's okay. Um, the Chihuahua is a lightly built dog, tiny and fragile, with large Aww. rounded skull and big dark eyes. There are two types, smooth-coated and long-coated. Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that Marbles is a smooth-coated. Jenna Marbles is Marbles? Yeah. Yes. Yes, 100%. Mm. Can confirm. So cute. I love Marbles. Marbles is such a great Chihuahua. It's also a really excellent name. Marbles. Meeples. Yeah, it's a great marble. Meeples. Um, Marilyn Monroe also had a chihuahua. Oh, that I did not know. Yeah, there's a photo of it on this page. Show um, me. Her chihuahua's name was Josepha. Josepha? Like Joseph with an A on the end. Oh, cute. She kind of looks like Elle Woods and I love I it. I don't know why she looks so aesthetic in everything she does. It was her brand. Don't. That's my brand also, but I don't achieve it. <laughs> it was also very anyway. intelligent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we're not talking about her. We're talking about Chihuahua. <laughs> Back to the Marilyn Monroe podcast. Oh, stop. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Sorry, please continue telling me about the Chihuahua. I'm sure there's lots more information. <laughs> One style has a short, soft, close coat, and the long coat, it has a long, soft, flat, or slightly curly coat with fringed ears, feathered feet, legs, and a ruffle around the neck. Oh, wow. Yep. Feathered. You know, they have that kind of like pom pommy 
neck. Yeah, actually. Yeah, they have kind of like a little feather boa. Aww. Yeah. I love that. Um, they can become cute. very attached to their owners, reserved around strangers and especially around children if not used to them. So chihuahuas, they get this kind of stereotype for being quite yappy dogs. Yes. Which is eh, kind of true. <laughs> they tend to be high strung, prone to nipping, snapping and potentially biting when frightened or threatened or when defending people or their territory. So while they are primarily a companion dog, some owners call a chihuahua pocket watch dog, which can be noisy if visitors arrive. Oh, pocket which if you've watch watched dog. any of Jenna Marble's videos, you can hear. Does Marble's yap? Yeah, a lot. If you listen to their podcast, uh, um, you can often hear Marble's in the background. And then Kermit. And they have like a soundproof It's just room. like, Meh. And Kermit's just like. <laughs> <laughs> and then Weech is just like, give me food. <laughs> It is up if you love Jenna and yeah, her doggos. We love them. Um, but yeah, no, he does. He's he's really yappy, and like sometimes when they're filming, if anyone goes past, he'll he's really what yappy. an excellent watchdog. Mm, they are really good watchdogs, and I think the thing with Chihuahuas, yeah, it, and it literally what I was about to say is it's written next is that um some of these tendencies can be helped through early socialization and training. I love it. So too many people are like, oh, he's so cute. I'm gonna put him in my handbag. And then they don't allow them to be socialized or trained properly to be like, no, silly people are friends. Mm. This is how we interact. Yeah. If someone is coming in in the middle of the night to rob you, yap like crazy. But otherwise, the people in the sunshine that walking down the street <laughs> are friends. So I think a lot of people, yeah, it says they have a reputation being spoiled and untrainable, but that's because people don't make an effort to train them, which is true. Yeah. Also, they're portrayed in the media as the silly Itty bitty. Mm. Like, how many dog. chihuahuas have you heard called like Taco? Taco. It was called Taco. <laughs> it's a great um, name. They do have a really long lifespan, though. They oh, can yeah, live small like dogs 12 to do. 20 years. 20 yeah. years. Which is quite long. Like, that's getting on to cat years because cats live kind of a bit longer than dogs, yeah. in my experience. Holy moly. So, yeah, they, they live quite long. They do have a couple of um, like uh, health issues that come about, but mostly. Yeah, they look just like your average health issues. Yeah. Yeah. Chihuahuas really need to live indoors, and their diminutive size means their space and exercise needs are accommodated inside the home. So they're good if you live in a little apartment and stuff. But they are active and they do enjoy a walk. If I'm not mistaken, that will also help with the excessive yapping. Yes. If you get some of that pent up energy out. For sure. Chihuahuas can be easily injured if dropped or handled incorrectly. Sorry, it's not funny. Can be easily injured if dropped or handled incorrectly. Aww. So supervision of young children around chihuahuas, as with all dogs, is required at all times. Mm. So this isn't the kind of dog that's going to like full on attack you and leave you bruised. It's the kind of dog that if you step on it, you might break it. Yeah. And no one wants a broken dog. Mm-mm. Your dog really does hard not want to be a broken dog, dog with a broken limb. But also I mean that in a way that you don't want to hurt your dog. Broken dogs, like dogs with broken bones um, that need care and love. We, still we love, love them. Foster dogs, shelter dogs, we love you all so much. Here's my emotional, no, I don't passionate think anyone rant. is doubting your dog love for dogs. Okay, cool. Tell me more about the Chihuahua, Taylor. Eh, that's it. Ah, oh, amazing. No, nah. I mean, oh, this. <laughs> I mean, you could go on forever. Um, but they're just, they're just cute. I like, honestly, I think I would love a Chihuahua because they are like. You know, last week when we did our dog quiz and we mm. were talking about the Basenji being good for me because they're so like tricky. Yeah. And like I think a Chihuahua would be good in that way because they're one of the kinds of dogs that you can't give up training on. Yeah. But they're also tiny and snuggly. Aww. Which yeah. is kind of awesome. So like I would like a Chihuahua but there is a lot of 
negative stereotype. I just think you have to have a cool chihuahua. Yeah. To like make it work. Yeah. And let's let's That's what we try and do. We try and get rid of stereotypes. Yeah. Which is a lot of the time associated with training, not with For sure. Absolutely. Not nature. Nurture. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Exactly. The end. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excellent with segues. Yep. Segues. What sounds like segue de-sexing. Smooth (laughs) as all heck. I'm here for my tip today to talk to you about de-sexing because we haven't really talked about it on the podcast. We haven't. Um, Like at all, I don't think. No. And it is spring currently. It is. As you are listening to this podcast, if you listen to this after it comes out and not in the future. Yeah, don't listen to it in winter because we're talking about spring. Spring tips. I mean, please listen to it, but like. Okay, never mind, carry on. (laughs) So the RSPCA has this handy little thing uh, that gives us some tips for your pets in spring. So spring is, at least in Queensland, Australia, or wherever you may be, let us know. (laughs) We have cane toads. Ugh. So I'm going to chat to you a little bit about cane toads. And then after that, we're going to talk about desexing because spring is the time for the birds and the bees. Wink, wink, bork, bork. Wink, wink, bork, bork. And it's a really important thing. So it's the breeding season, yeah? Yeah. If your dog is in heat, it's probably spring. Totally did not understand that as a concept until I was literally about 20. Like it just didn't occur to me that that would happen to other mammals. Yeah, actually. Until I think I saw an episode of um, a HBO TV show. Yeah. Which I don't know if I can say on here, so I'm not going to. Family friendly, dog friendly. Taylor just winked. Yep. (laughs) Um, On that topic. Poppy is three years old, so we got her. Th- my parents got her three years ago. Mm-hmm. I did not know a dog could go into heat, and I witnessed it happening, and it's just a messy time. Mm. And I'm real sad about it because they're precious little innocent doggos. <laughs> Desex your pet. You know what we're getting at. I'm not going to talk about it further. I feel <laughs> like the responsible thing to do, unless you're going to purposefully breed them safely yes. and kindly. Is probably to have you to pet to sex, especially if they're just your pet companion, partner, friend. That's right. And they're not gonna like, especially if you want them to have social lives. Yeah. And it's, in spring, it's just easier. the RSPCA says that the number of kittens and cats, shout out to kittens cats. and cats. <laughs> just shout out to cats. And we everybody like wants too. to be a cat ass sister podcast, technically. Hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and puppies flood the RSPCA centers across Aww. Queensland. It's so sad. A number of unwanted animals are euthanized each year in shelters across yeah. Queensland because there's simply an insufficient number of available homes. Because that's the thing. I feel mean saying like desex your pet. I don't know why, but it just feels a bit like, I guess it feels a bit counteractive to nature. But like the fact is, we can't it just becomes after. a problem for all the little puppies. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's just heartbreaking what some people do. It's not nice. So desex animals are generally less likely to get diseases as well. Oh, I so didn't they're know healthier. That. Um, and certain I guess illnesses. Yeah. Certain illnesses. Ill- wow. Illnesses. <laughs> Let it go. That's what I'm thinking. What was I saying? Certain illnesses. There we are. Such as mammary cancer and uterine infections in females Aww. and prostate problems in males. That makes sense. Yeah. So less likely to get those kinds of. Southern diseases, yeah. 
Uh, Desexing commonly reduces behavior problems such as roaming, aggression, and urine marking in males, which is more a human problem. (laughs) Not that humans have that problem. I thought you meant like that's a problem that occurs in humans. I'm like, (laughs) is it? Because I think you're hanging out with the wrong males. (laughs) I'll double check my males. Um, (laughs) uh, More so in relation to the owner, that behavior. Uh, And in females, it prevents mating behavior, obviously. And false pregnancy, which I think is an interesting is term applied pregnancy? to a dog. Is it when they think they're pregnant and they're not? <laughs> when they try I'm genuinely their, When they try their little uh, pregnancy test and – sorry, this is so weird. They get a clear blue and they're like <laughs> not sure. They've got to wait three <laughs> minutes at the time. Um, let me just do a quick look up of false pregnancy in dogs because I thought – because my understanding of false pregnancy is when you think like you're getting the symptoms of pregnancy, but you don't turn out to be pregnant. Is that what that is? Yeah. There's a, there's a special name for it in humans. It's like phantom pregnancy. Phantom pregnancy or hysterical, hysterical pregnancy. Hysterical as yeah. well, yeah. Uh, it's the appearance of clinical signs or subclinical signs and symptoms associated with pregnancy when the when person no, or dog is not actually pregnant. It's not pregnant. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, don't get your dog that's really fun without resulting in puppies. I know I'd be a bit stressed if I started showing the symptoms of pregnancy and was for sure not pregnant. I think I'd be a bit stressed if I started showing the <laughs> just, symptoms of pregnancy. Full yeah. stop. <laughs> so don't stress your dog. Uh, it's just about being prepared. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Taylor made a face. It was great. Uh, and making sure that you don't have unplanned breeding. Just being a responsible pet owner. A hundred percent. The same as you would use a leash. When you're walking them That's because right. it's responsible and caring is the same as getting yeah. them to sex. Because Not feed them mounds of chocolate, <laughs> getting them Wait, get checked. Like things that you would do as an I was, irresponsible. I was joking. Oh. Like I feed my dog <laughs> mounds of chocolate. I don't. Um, so prevent some accidental litters. Keep your dog healthy. Yeah, that's your the dog other thing is sex. they don't just have one dog. No, they have, they have like, like eight. Six. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Four to eight. Oh, they have, yeah, they have like three to eight in a litter. Yeah. So it's not like every dog that gets pregnant is giving one dog to the world. They're giving three to eight more dogs to the world. Yeah, 100%. Which then have to be cared for and desexed yeah. and vaccinated and taken care of. And we just don't want uncared puppies. True. Not fair. Dogs are too good for us. We can't hmm. do them dirty like How that. we deserve dogs? <laughs> They're so precious. Um, as for the RSPCA, they practice early age desexing from the age of eight weeks when the surgery Ooh. is simple and the recovery is rapid. That's why it's so That's very young. Young, yeah. I didn't know you could do it that young, actually. The RSPCA does. What's the recommended age, I wonder? I thought it was more like 12 weeks or even longer, perhaps. Well, I know you can. I think it's different in males and females, though. Yeah, and I know you can collect your puppy if you get a puppy from a breeder. Uh, at about eight to twelve weeks, so I assume it is as not soon long as after. they've been collected. Yeah. yeah, but please check with your breeder, absolutely, and or and your vet. Yeah, vet before making any choices about when to desex your pet. Absolutely, and just very quickly because it's spring, I just wanted to mention toads. If oh, you yeah, have please. a toad problem, cane toads are highly invasive species in. Queensland, mm. in all of Australia, Australia, but specifically in other countries because I don't we're know. so tropical. Yeah. We get a lot of the cane toads. Um, and they're regarded as a major environmental pest in wow. Australia. Uh, and they present a significant health risk to our pets. Yep. I've in, seen it. It's yeah, really scary. Tragic and terrifying. Um, in order for your pet to be poisoned by a toad, all they have to do is just pick it up in their mouth, bite it, or lick it. They can just get close to it because cane toads actually spit. 
Oh, no. Yeah, cane toads, they spit out their poison. So if the dog is close enough and the cane toad decides they need to be defensive, they can spit at the dog. And if the dog gets that on them or in them, they can be poisoned. Oh, the poor doggo. So they don't even need to touch the cane toad because the cane toad can spit if it decides to be defensive enough, if it thinks the dog's going to attack them. All right. Yeah. Well, if you think that your pet might has, might has. (laughs) If it might has toad. (laughs) Exactly. If you think your pet has come into contact with a cane toad, the first obvious sign is frothing at the mouth. Mm -hmm. That's a scary time. But it also doesn't always happen. No. So any sign of something weird going on, especially in cane toad season, get your doggo to a vet. Mm -hmm. Immediately flush out the poison with a garden hose if you can. Uh. Make sure the water does not run down their throat, by the way, because then you don't want it into their lungs or nose system, yeah. or in their bodies. Uh, so you have to hold their head down and direct the water into the side of their mouth so the water gently runs out and cannot run back into the throat. If your pet is vomiting, has diarrhea, showing signs of weakness, difficulty breathing, or is appearing confused and disoriented, seek immediate advice from your vet. The other thing to do, which yeah. I have done previously when I've been worried about mm. my dog, is you can just call the vet and ask for advice. Absolutely. I had a particularly terrible summer with Zola where I was on my own looking after her mm-hmm. and she seemed really unwell. She was just not responsive and yeah. wasn't moving and I was just start, like it was she was just being uncharacteristic. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my goodness, did she get a toad? Is she like is something wrong with her?" Mm-hmm. So I just rang the vet and I was like, I don't know whether to bring her in or not. Like, I'm happy to bring her in, but like, I don't want to waste your time. Is there a vet on call? These are the symptoms. What do you think? Great idea. And they were really helpful. I'm like, I'm not saying that every vet's just going to give you free advice, but the receptionist or nurse or vet or whoever it was that spoke to me gave me enough advice to make a choice yeah. and suggest some things. And we kind of figured it out that she had just had a bit too much heat. Right. It was the middle of summer in yeah, Brisbane, yeah. which is quite hot. And she just gotten too hot was lying on the cool tiles and she just mm. wasn't being responsive because she just needed a rest so, so it all yeah. worked out fine but please like uh, that was a real learning experience for me was just like i was so scared i just decided to ring a vet and yeah. see rather than just rushing her to a vet yes in the middle of the night because it was i think late at night right um and just see if you can get some advice obviously if they're like no you'll have to bring her in and you're worried about it bring them in yeah but if Do you can get you some can. advice and chat to them about symptoms i would say ring the vet before checking the internet because the Great internet's idea. gonna give you a bajillion Yes, no one wants a Google doctor (laughs) or vet. Uh, Also, just so you know, the RSPCA does have information on how to humanely kill a cane toad. I know that's a little intense, but if you want to... And golf sticks are not one of them. No, no, please don't do that. They used to do that at my neighbor's place when we were kids. Yeah, I think my dad used to do that. Yeah, It's it's very intense. It's not very nice. No. I mean, I I don't think I ever did it, but I used to watch the kids in my neighborhood do it. It wasn't but very nice. If you're worried about your doggo going out and licking some toads that you have found in your garden, you can humanely dispose of them. So, yeah, I just wanted to give some tips on keeping your doggo you. safe and healthy this spring. Whee! We love a happy, healthy doggo. We do. So, show us your happy, healthy doggo on <laughs> our Instagram at Floof and Papa. Yep. All spelt out. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter at Floof and Papa. Hang on. Wait, isn't the pot? No, <laughs> definitely messed up. The Instagram <laughs> is at, see, producer Zane wasn't watching and now he's regretting it. The Instagram is at Floof and Papa podcast. The Twitter is at Floof and Papa. Mm-hmm. And the Facebook is, when you search, Floof ampersand Papa podcast. And ampersand is a curly and symbol. <laughs>
Thanks to That's Not Canon Productions for having us again this Thank week. you. And also, Mel. Yeah. It's your last episode. It is my last episode. So for those who might have missed it, Melanie is moving to New York City to Whee! pursue her dreams of being a actor and Actory a brilliant friend. one. Or at least to just um, study for you. <laughs> She's going to be a brilliant actor and you can say that you used to listen to her back before she was famous on this podcast. (laughs) Um, So um, we're going to try and figure out a way that Mel might be able to do some Skypey kind of podcasty calls. There's a lot of dogs in Um, New York. There's a lot of dogs in New York. We've already been talking about about a Central Park dog segment. It's going to happen. But until then, Mel's going to get settled in New York. She's going to fly over and, and do that whole thing and i will still be here you're welcome um with probably a new host and maybe some guest hosts for your listening pleasure and you know i'll be listening like to every episode yep yeah i hope so of course i mean i do that now yeah totally i can't i can't listen to them back only if somebody else is listening with me you can't listen to like your own voice or no i just don't like it unless i'm listening to somebody like watching somebody's reactions listening to it I, oh, that's I cute. don't like to just sit in the car and listen to it. I feel funny. Hmm. Anyway, thanks, Mel. Thank you for having me. I, I love, love this so podcast much. with all of my heart. I also love dogs with all of my heart. Dogs. So just a happy time. I hope all of you have enjoyed. I hope you don't mind my terrible reaction to jokes. I'm going to miss that most of all. I <laughs> and think. sudden useless puns. <laughs> and times when I just giggle at a photo that you can't see that because can't this see. is an auditory experience auditory experience yep yep cool (laughs) all right guys thanks Thanks for tuning tuning in in. goodbye bork bork bye imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.